0: Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demodcast. And thank you for hitting play, joining me, and for the reviews. If you listen and like the show, you can leave a review on your podcast app. More reviews prove that you're listening and will show up recommending shows like this and takes less than a minute. My guest grew up in Philadelphia and began weaving stories at an early age. She is a poet and writer of horror, fantasy, and science fiction. She is also the first African-American winner of the Horror Writers Association Bram Stoker Award, which she has won not one, not two, not three, but four freaking times, and is also the winner of Oh, my
1: of the- God. Five. Five, I'm sorry. I
0: was getting there. I was getting there and is also the winner of the Horror HWA Lifetime Achievement Award, which means five fifth that's her fifth time winning. <laughs> <laughs> She's a trailblazer, hellraiser, obviously, and eyebrow raiser. <laughs> Give it up for Linda Addison. Oh
1: my god, that's like a Philadelphia cheer there. I like it. I was gonna say I've actually won five because I won five of this one this year. So That makes six of the awards in the house. But
0: my well, <laughs> dog on it, I'm gonna have to re-record that. And uh,
1: <laughs> no, 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 don't you dare,
0: don't you dare. Thank you for taking time out of your precious day to talk to a perfect stranger.
1: Well, joy and pleasure. Always happy to talk about creating stuff. I'm always happy to talk about creative things, especially in your interesting questions that you have.
0: How does somebody with a BS in mathematics wind up uh, being a Bram Stoker winner for six, six times? How does that happen?
1: I know. It doesn't seem like an, an equal equation, does it? No. Well, I mean, the thing is that I... <laughs> I grew up uh, with a crazy imagination. It was always in like the wild fantasy, you know, area, sci-fi, horror area. But I also grew up with uh, nine of us in the house and not always a lot of food and heat and lights. And I decided that being a writer, which I knew I had to do, was not necessarily a choice that would lead me to being able to have a, a good life, be able to eat every day. So I was good in math and science, so that was the route I went for getting job.
0: You're the second oldest of 10, right?
1: I am the second oldest. So nine of us grew together, and then I found out later I had an older brother. But I was the oldest in the house growing up. So, Oh, wow. Okay. And my mom, my mom was an amazing storyteller. I don't know where I would be now if it not been for her. Because in times when we maybe didn't have electricity or TV or anything, she would make up wonderful stories until I got to school thinking everybody got to make stories. So my imagination got a a pass because of my mom. Wow,
0: that's cool. Do you remember any of those stories that uh, your mom told uh, you when you were younger?
1: I kind of do. I wish I had written more of them down. But I do have, she passed in 2009. But I do have one that she wrote, like a child story. She wrote for my sister's daughter. I I remember bits and pieces of it, so... It was mostly like fantasy adventure kind of things. Reminds me a little bit of Alice in Wonderland type stuff. But she made them up and she put us in the story. I grew up thinking that was just natural. (laughs) That's
0: cool. Are you ready to answer the six questions?
1: I'm ready to give it a try. Let's go.
0: Question number one. I think we already answered this, but you can go into as much detail as you like. When did you know you wanted to become a writer?
1: I do have something to add to what we talked about. Um, When I grew up, there wasn't a lot of books in the house. I didn't connect storytelling imagination to necessarily a physical book. When I went to school, the first time, I remember a teacher reading to us from like a C. Dick Jane Bunn book. And I remember looking at the pictures and hearing the story and thinking, I want to make things like that. So that was the first time I realized that I wanted to make books. I had no idea what that meant at six years old or five, but that was um, that never left me.
0: Question number two: What do you wish you had known when you had started out?
1: This is a good question. I'm not one to live with regret. Uh, this never sounded very useful. I do look back and think, what can I learn from things in the past? But, you know, I pretty much try to accept and love what the past was because it got me to hear. I think if I could give myself a message, I would say, don't be afraid to write novels. Now, I know that sounds kind of funny, but my whole career has been made on collections of poetry and short stories. And I was always afraid of writing novels because I thought if I started a novel, it's just such a big landscape. I get lost, never get out, never write and publish anything again. <laughs> so, in 2012, <laughs> when I won another brand silver for, for How to Recognize Demon and Become a Friend, it's been one of the more popular books of mine. I was at the award ceremony and two huge people in the heart industry, Joe Lansdale and Rick Costola, came up to me and, and they sort of like got up... A, up in front of me, and we're like, Well, Linda, we just want to know why haven't you ever written a novel? And I was like, Uh, because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared, I'll get lost. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't remember which said it, but I got, they said to me, But Linda, uh, you know, you could just write a novel like every chapter's a story. You know how to write a story, get a middle end. And that sort of worked on me um, and got rid of a lot of the fear. So, You know, if I'd known earlier, maybe I would have done some novel writing earlier. I don't know, but I'm doing it
0: now. Okay, if I got this backwards, I apologize. I remember an interview you did and you were talking about sometimes when you get stuck or as a suggestion for writers who get stuck, take your prose or like your sentences, turn it into a poem, and then turn it back into a sentence. Did I get that right or did I get that backwards?
1: That is absolutely, no, no, that's right. I do that a lot. And I teach a workshop. I'm actually going to teach a workshop through the HWA online in October. In the workshop, one of the things I teach is that you can do that. What it does is it gets you out of the headset of whatever you think the story, character, plot is, and gets you into the idea that, you know, in poetry we think, I think of poetry being something that creates a vision, an image, an emotion. And so if you take whatever it is that you just wrote and, and boil it down to just words, taking out all the extra and, does uh, and all that stuff, that it can get you to the actual emotion of what you're trying to communicate. So that when you go back to the story or novel, you go back prepared with the real emotion that you're trying to write, rather than getting stuck on edits or grammar or even the rules about character development. I think it's really important just to get through something to the end and then go back and you know do all the fixing up and prettiness. So I think what stops a lot of people and is just getting stuck, so I use it a lot. I've actually published stories and the poem of the story, <laughs> so it's actually worked out not badly Question number
0: three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant?
1: Honestly, like, no one's ever asked me this. This is awesome. You have no idea how many times people have interviewed me. No one has asked this. Okay, so my favorite restaurant is, like, one block away from here, and it's called Golden Dragon Chinese Restaurant. And as much as I always say I want to order other things, this is the one thing I always get. They're hot and sour soup, which is amazing. And I've had a lot of different ones in New York, I mean in Arizona now and, and I'm very impressed. It's the best hot source i have ever had. Their orange beef womb and their eggplant. Their Sichuan eggplant.
0: That sounds delicious.
1: I know. I feel like I'm gonna have to order it when I finish talking to you.
0: <laughs> you like to start your morning off with coffee, right? You're a big coffee I drinker. Do. Okay, we Oof. need we need to talk we need to talk coffee. Okay, because I'm the same way. Like, I get up before the kids. I have to get up super early just so I can have my coffee in peace because the kids are
1: little stuck. I'm saying, oh, my God, yes. Life is not good without that first cup. Boom.
0: So how do you take your coffee?
1: I like my coffee with flavored coffee made. You know, all the different sweet flavors they have. I don't do. I don't I lean on a lot of sugar, although I have a soap. But that's what I got. I do in the morning. And I like to have French press coffee. My cousin, Amber, got me into that Ooh. with a nice big splash of flavored coffee, mate. After I finish that cup, life is good. <laughs> I've had to train a lot of people. Don't talk to me. If you see a cup of coffee in my hand in the morning, please save your life.
0: <laughs> Unless you would like to wear this coffee. You <laughs> Pack away I'm slowly. Saying,
1: man. I was in a day job once, and there was like a new person working for me on the team. I worked in computers, and everybody else knew. This new person comes, and I come in. I got the coffee in my hand, and he's talking to me as I am walking. and I had already explained the situation about this. And everyone else in the team was like, oh, just shaking their head. And then I sit down, and he's still talking. I'm drinking my coffee, and then I finish the coffee. I sit down, and I was like, so you're going to have to say all that again. It did not pass through the brain matter thing because I did him a coffee in me. He just looked at me like the second day when I came in, I had the cup of coffee, he stood up and he sat back down. I was like, you not hard to train people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is oh. awesome. <laughs> I would this have real This is real truth. This is real life here. <laughs> wow. Duly noted question number four what are you curious about
1: well i love this question i've been curious my whole life about everything everything like i was a watcher when i was younger like i would not be considered a shy person now. but until i got to college i was very very shy and, and i watched everything and i'm always trying to figure out why did that person say that why did that person do that because I, I I saw behavior that did not seem to support love and happiness. It seemed to support fear. i be like, why? Anyway, um, what I'm curious about right now, I'm obsessed with infinite realities, multiple worlds, more than three dimensions.
0: More than three dimensions.
1: So, yes. Like, what would it be like to? One of the things that I have in this uh, sci-fi novel that I'm, I'm finished that I finished is. Trying to write about what would it be like to write about the fifth dimension, you know, infinite realities. What if, what if? And I really like saying with this uh, thing the idea that every that we live in infinite realities, but we're only living in this one we're in. Like, right? so maybe the one we're in, I'm wearing a red dress, but there's another one that exists where I'm wearing a green dress, and another one that you know what I'm saying like the infinite versions of each moment. See how I am? See how? This is the same brain I had when I was born. I was born like this. As, um. Oh. Singer said. born like this.
0: You're poor teachers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just leave her alone. Let her get her homework done. I'm saying. Mm,
1: I'm totally that person. I always have been. When I was in school, my I can remember my teachers telling my mom, I would do much better in class if I was just like, not daydream
0: so much. Question number five. Is there anything I should have asked but didn't?
1: Well, something that I think most people would not think about asking, and that is the fact that I had a film released. I didn't have a film. A film was released this year that was inspired by one of my poems. Really? Really? I know, right? Who does that? There's an award winning um, award-winning director and screenwriter, Jamal Hodge, H O D T E, who I've known for many years. Amazing filmmaker and, and fantastic sci fi writer on his own and, and poet now. He's been doing some amazing poetry. He showed me a script he had that was inspired by a film, by a poem that I wrote called Morning Meal. Morning, like Morning Lost, not Good Morning America. Amazing. He turned it into a film, and the screenplay itself went on last year to win and place at a lot of film festivals. And this year, the film itself came out. So far, it's won three awards. Wow. He won Best Director. I know, right? It's just gotten started. This is just the beginning, please. He won Best Director of short film at the genre blast festival at the hip hop film festival. He just won best social horror for the film. And he personally won the Vanguard award because he's very involved in the field, very sharing of his resources with other filmmakers and he does work with students. Just, but anyway, he's an amazing person. And the next one we're looking forward to is the Chelsea film festival. It's a pretty big one. So nice film. So, poetry how's that happen
0: happening that isn't that is amazing Valjean said you were a big deal but I didn't realize you were that big of a deal wow <laughs> oh
1: okay so like having six awards in my house statues in my house is not enough for you huh? that
0: is not enough to impress you <laughs> if you want to be honest I squealed like a little girl after I got off the phone with her she's like oh yeah she's a big deal and I looked and I was like oh, you gotta be kidding me <laughs> Like it's Hysterical. like it basically went from like a capital B big deal to caps lock big deal. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god, you're adorable.
1: So for me, this having this film is just everything. I mean, Jamal created, and one day you will see the film. I know this created such a beautiful, high quality film with such a little bit of money. And for this to be the first thing for me, because I am very attracted to this thing. Like I just want to see movies and series and stuff of my work. But for this to be the first thing that was done is just amazing. All the visuals, the music, the actors, the main actress in it uh, was fantastic. Uh, Every single person in the film that he created, and it's a pretty dark one, but in a, like, I think the award he got for Social Horror really made a lot of sense to me because he really did explore the whole idea of how lost and and can really break us. He did it in a beautiful way.
0: Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate?
1: You know, we have so many holidays out there. I just thought yesterday was um, something about sons, great sun sons holiday, which I only have one son, so I sent him a happy sun holiday to you. My tell is my favorite son. <laughs> my only one. But anyway, I've always done that. But I think I would like to create something different. Why? Because that's how, like I told you, that's how I, I'm not really one for coloring in the lines all the time. So I think I would like to see a compassion hour holiday. And that is if if people so choose, the first hour of every day to spend some time committing themselves to being passionate, compassionate, compassionate with themselves and then with others that they love and then those people who kiss them off. To spend some time sitting with the idea that everyone has a support that everyone's life is dictated by how they deal with the, their joy and their pain, and so to allow that in ourselves, to not be hard with ourselves when we act out in a way that we don't like, understand that that comes. From you, to understand what people love, and to understand what people push us off don't mean you got to take you know doesn't mean you got to put up with the bad behavior, but you got to understand it. You know, it's really important to understand. And not take stuff personal like that. No. That's what I do.
0: Compassionate, Alan. Wow, that was, wow, that was really cool. That's a good one. <laughs> Just <drop inside. laughs> I do it. I mean, that's what I do myself.
1: I mean, as soon as my eyes open, I spend some time thinking about how I want to stay. I try to choose joy that day, no matter how bad that day might be coming in my face and And decide to to sit in a, a more balanced place
0: more of us need to adopt that uh, myself included i I do that sometimes I don't do it enough um uh, thank you for the reminder It's a journey it's
1: all a journey
0: that makes me sad because that was the last one. <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate your appreciate you and your time
1: well, it's been a blast thank you so much I appreciate having the the time with you to answer your interesting questions and to talk with you very cool
0: you can find linda at lindaaddisonpoet.com all one word you can also find her on facebook and twitter the links will be in the show notes thank you dear listener for tuning in and if you enjoyed the show take another two minutes log on to apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded this leave a five-star rating and a review it would help the show grow Remember, you can contact me at Demondoes all one word, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have a question or suggestion, you can also contact me at DemondDoes, once again, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you once again, and please remember to leave a rating and review. It drives us up the charts so more people can enjoy the show. Next week, my guest is the first person I met in the outside podcasting world and is also a dedicated member of the Beehive. My guest Marco De Prince Until next time see it hear it speak it live